on the uh, the Apple Podcast app, if you go to look at like the podcast information, it tells you how often they release episodes and hours. It said bi-monthly for a while. I was like, oh, that's pretty yeah. good. But because our 50th episode took so long to come out, we slipped to monthly. Oh, man. Uh, and and we were, we have nothing now. It, we were not reliable enough. So That's okay. That's okay. We're getting we're getting back in it. We're still a lot more consistent than we used to be. Oh, for sure, for sure, much more. When we consistent. put out maybe three episodes a year, <laughs> we really did pretty bad there for a bit. But. We were also college students. Yeah, and it didn't help that I. Well, I think I live in the woods more now than I did then, but uh, I have more of a consistent life yeah. now than I did. That's then. the key. I think it's consistency in in all things. Consistency is is the key. Yeah. Consistency is only a virtue as long as you're not a screw-up. So consistency is only good as long as you're consistent about it? That's right. Yeah. Don't, like, mess up the consistency. Don't you know be inconsistent I mean? about consistency. You're listening to Ketchup Cast, the podcast where, believe it or not, we do not discuss condiments. trying to coin our Socrates quote that they're going to put on the side of garbage cans in our hometown. I'm trying to get our, our perfect quote here. Yeah, why do they have them on the garbage cans? I don't know. It's a little weird. I mean, I guess it's like a, a public thing that people are going to walk by all the time and see them. I certainly have my favorite quotations that I saw on the, the garbage cans. Yeah. What... I was always a big fan of the, if you see a fork in the road, take it by Yogi Berra. That was on the one by the movie theater, I think. That's a pretty good one. Do you have a favorite one? Uh, not that I can remember from the garbage can lid though, but I was filling out something for work. I forget what it was, but there's like an inspirational quote at the beginning and the inspirational quote was by Albert Hubbard. Hey, I know him. And I was like, what? I know that dude. He's like more famous. Like obviously he's famous in our hometown for the whole arts and crafts thing, but he's like more famous in a cultural sense than I ever realized He's a, he's he's a quotes man. He's got a lot of famous quotes. Yeah. And uh, they're they're still sticking around. I forgot what the quote was, but well, clearly it wasn't that good of a quote then. What stood out to me was that it was it was from Albert Hubbard, and that was kind of cool. People get him confused a lot with L. Ron, L. Ron Hubbard, though, yeah, the founder of Scientology, uh, which is a little unfortunate. But both both you know contributed significantly to their. Uh, their respective movements. Yeah. Just very different movements. I feel like Albert Hubbard could have started a weird cult, though. I, I feel, feel like, like he did. Yeah. Uh, for Just for context, listeners, Albert Hubbard, uh, if, if you're not aware of who he is, he was a craftsman. He was a businessman. He was a American hero who uh, founded the Roycroft Arts and Craft Campus in uh, upstate New York back in the early 20th century. It was all about, like, back-to-basics, handmade, people-made goods. It was a retaliation against the Industrial Revolution. Uh, but he just brought all these artists to this tiny town in the middle of nowhere in New York, and uh, they made art. And now it's it's taken over the town, our whole culture, and the town is, is Roycroft. You know, there was a whole lot of those those things going on in western New York. Like, western New York used to be, like, the spiritual silicon valley of its day i don't know buffalo, how to buffalo's it. a crossroads it's right there at niagara falls it's got the st lawrence seaway coming through it 
I say St. Lawrence Seaway. I do mean just mean the Great Lakes, which are on that seaway. It's the starting point of the Erie Canal. Yeah, but like the the Quakers were founded in Western New York. The Mormons were founded in Western New York. Like all these like religious like inspirations happen in Western New York. There's like a whole bunch of like utopian like That's true. love communes that like people are like, no, we're gonna take over this town and you know live in a very peaceful way. Um, a lot of like a lot of that stuff happened in Western New York. Wait, is that why? Quaker Crossing is called Quaker Crossing out in Orchard Park. I think so. Maybe. I mean, that makes sense. I, I don't know if that's where, but like, no, I'm sure it's sure it's not specifically that. But it has a culture of the the Quaker movement. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that about the Quakers. Maybe I did, and I just didn't. Yeah, I just know about the the oatmeal. You grew up with all that Roycroft stuff. You sort of focus on that. You learn the history of how they built that wall. How the farmers carted in all the rocks from their farms and and. Albert Hubbard just paid him a silver dollar for each one. We should at some point just do like a history because there's so many like cool history lessons we both know about our hometown, which I guess we've identified. It's East Aurora, New York. We've identified it pretty yeah. explicitly at this point, uh, if not in past episodes. But by now, we're talking about the specific man and, and arts and crafts movement there. What if we like did a podcast tour of East Aurora? I think that would be so much fun. That'd be. But in our usual banter, rabbit hole kind of way. We just pick the top, like, six locations and we just go off. Do sure, our... yeah, man. Maybe that's, uh, oh. maybe that's episode 60. Whatever whatever floats your goat. I don't own a goat. You know why? He didn't. He didn't. I had one, but he didn't float. That was the issue. <laughs> oh, well, you gotta learn what floats it. It was too late. Um... Yeah, that'd be a fun podcast to make. That's very much like a Stuff You Should Know. Do you know that podcast? Yeah, I do know that podcast. They, like, I mean, they're friends now. I don't know if they started out as friends, but they have good banter. And they, like, pick a topic each week and, like, talk about it. And their banter is, like, some people find it very distracting. And they're like, I'm here to learn, not to listen to your banter. But I find it very, it almost helps the learning. I was going to say, I find if you make learning all about just, like, the act of learning... And I put that in quotes yeah. because learning is such a vague thing. I don't know. I find that diminishes it. Whereas if you turn learning into a conversation and, and a rapport, you get sort of a deeper sense of it in a way. It's like you're listening to two friends talk about it rather than reading the textbook about it. Right. I can read I can read a textbook. God knows. I've, we've, we've been on Wikipedia enough times on this podcast somehow. Oh, gosh. Our Wikipedia quiz segment. I don't know. The, are you... You're... you're You've got a different light in your eyes all of a sudden. You pulling up Wikipedia? It's it's a white light. You're on Wikipedia. What are you trying to find right now? You you can't launch an episode with with Wikipop. <laughs> yeah, I can. All right, what's the topic this week? And why am I always the one being quizzed? I say always. We've done this once before. Oh, there's a random article button. Okay, yeah, that no, that didn't help me out. That's. Can I just keep... Okay. Uh, all right. We are literally five minutes in this episode, and you're already digging into a rabbit hole on the internet, Isaac. Well, I'm trying to find a random article that's, like, not so random that it, like... It's a, it's a random article, but pulled from a pre-approved pool of random articles, is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it's like drawing a name from a hat. That The name is random, but the... the amount of names is pre-selected yeah but like uh, the random article that 
that came up was Bid Kahur, which is a town in Iran with a... No, it's like a village, yes, in Iran that has a population of 316. Like, that doesn't that doesn't get us anywhere, you know what I'm saying? Anyways, uh, you had some things you wanted to talk about that weren't on the, the Wikipedia. Nothing um, on my list was from Wikipedia. I, I, I bet you something on your list could be on Wikipedia. I mean, they're words, right? So any of the words I've said could be on Wikipedia. The word sequel, the word birthday are definitely on Wikipedia. Have we talked about the um the Tower of Babel website before? The Tower of No, I don't think we have. This would have been a really long time ago. This would have been like freshman year in high school. I got or freshman year in college, I mean, I like fell down a rabbit hole about it. But essentially you take a sheet of paper, like a computer sheet of paper, and there is so many spaces to put letters and so many spaces to put spaces. Right. I think you, we've never talked about on the podcast. This sounds like something you've talked to me about before. And if you randomize them, like chances are you're going to get a whole bunch of like nonsense. But eventually you randomize them enough and you're going to get like words and letters put together or like letters put together to make words. Right. Right. And if you like do that in every combination of however many like characters are on the page. I think it's like like a thousand something or whatever. Then like eventually you will get every page of every book because every combination has to exist. Right. So like you there's like a computer website that will like randomly generate whatever page you want it to generate from that list. Which is like maybe not as cool as it all being stored in a database, but like that'd be a lot. There's no database. Nothing on earth could contain the infinite combination of letters and words. There's no there's no computer big enough to calculate that. But it does like have a spot for it. It does tell you like, okay, this would be the location of that page of the book, and then that book is in like this they like lay it out like a library of like that book is in like this wing of the library on like this shelf on like this page. So you can, like, go in and, like, look up where whatever series of words you want to be in combination are found in the, the book. And the book is housed in a library, and the library is in, like, called the Tower of Babel. I think it's, like, a, a Socrates thing or maybe, like, a Plato thing. Probably. One of the guys came up with the idea about it and was, like, even the future could be told in that. Yeah. That will happen is also written down. Every book that will ever be written is in that. Now is it all the, the the snafu here, the the cog in the machine, what not cog in the machine? You know what I mean. The stick in the spokes, is mm-hmm. uh, how many like are we doing this in every language? Oh, that's a good question. Are you combining languages, or are they separate languages? Like English is one, French is one, Urdu is one. I, th- I think they're each each language is separate. Because if you combine them, that would, I mean, you, you that would be event collapse. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. How did we get onto this? What were we talking about? Wikipedia. Oh, like finding random words in Wikipedia that mean nothing? Yes. But what's on your list? Well, we'll start with the birthday one because that's more of a sweet story than like a discussion. It's just kind of a cute story that I enjoy. So it was my birthday a little more than a month ago. Um, Happy birthday. Thank you. It was whatever. When you're an adult, birthdays are a lot less exciting. 
I played Dungeons and Dragons and I worked. It was not that exciting of a day. So it goes. But um, I've been talking to some of my coworkers about it the day before, just like, ah, oh, I gotta work, I gotta come in early on my birthday, and I was sort of grumpy all day, and I was mm-hmm. expecting to be grumpy. But I came in the morning of my birthday, and one of the kids at work, again, these are four-year-old kids, said, Mr. Ethan, I have a drawing for you in the other room. And I thought he'd just drawn something for me because he drew it because they do that a lot. But we went into our classroom, and he handed it to me, and it was a little envelope and a big rolled piece of paper. And it was a birthday card that he'd written himself. It said, Happy Day. And then this, this picture of a cake he drew with a parent or something. But I hadn't told the kids it was my birthday. He had overheard me talking to the other teacher during nap time. He'd overheard me, and he'd been so excited he went home and like made this birthday stuff for me and surprised me with it. And I'm pretty good at like keeping myself in check at work. I started sobbing right then and there at like mm. nine in the morning and, and gave him a hug. And it was it still I, I get a little emotional thinking about it because it was just so sweet and like unnecessary. And like he's a four year old kid. He's got more important things than his teacher's birthday. But like he. Yeah, I still I still have it. It's. I'd have to get up and go get it, so I'm not going to show you, but just picture. That is very sweet, man. That's awesome. So sobbing in, in the middle of a preschool classroom. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. There you go. You're a crier, huh? Big time. Yeah. I, I posit okay. cr- crying is a really good thing. I find crying. Every yeah. time I cry, I feel better. I think I should cry more. Not physically all the time. If I cry too much physically, I feel drained. You should cry more. Yeah. You'd, have we ever told the story? I don't think we have on the podcast. Why you convinced a friend of ours that you had your tear duct surgically removed? I don't know if I'd call her a friend. You called her a friend, friend in a previous episode. No, this is a different person. How many people did you convince? One was like a real popular girl in, in school. And I had no remorse about it. Wait, who? Sarah F. What circles were you both in that ever collided? I think it was like in math class or something. <laughs> Like, at a math class or with You just that. brought it up? How does that come up casually? I have no idea. It's high school. Um, like, freshman year. No, it was, like, middle school. It, like, wasn't Yeah, it was, we school. were young. It was middle school. And, uh, yeah, that, like, it was physically impossible for me to cry. Which is, like, thinking about it now, like, man, what type of, like, messed up masculinity do you have that you need to, like... Weave a web of lies. Weave a web of lies to make it so that you are such a man you can't cry physically like yeah it's kind of bogus i look back at that and i'm like wow that was that was a real confused kid but well you know middle school especially when we were middle school it was toxic masculinity was at its height at least in terms of you know i guess maybe for us specifically i feel like that was the height that was the height of my toxic masculinity was middle school sure i, I think that's that's probably a fair thing to say because you like don't know that much yet right you know you don't know it's cool to cry right i i don't know i uh yeah that was a weird one huh but it's okay now our our 12 listeners actually 17 if we go based on the latest episode our 17 listeners know that you lied about your masculine well because you were ashamed of feeling your feelings yeah that's kind of how it goes Uh, that's probably uh, i'm gonna say that's probably 90 percent of the reason why anybody ever lies is because they're ashamed to feel their feelings yeah yeah so suck on that damn <laughs> i don't know it's deep um what god we keep on falling down these tangents my my brain isn't in a good spot to uh to to keep a singular train of thought moving i'm very tired yesterday i woke up at six o'clock in the morning staring at canada 
and then uh, made my way back to Wisconsin, central Wisconsin, uh, by around six o'clock that evening. So it was a 12 hour day yesterday and did not get to bed at a reasonable hour. So, and I'm still kind of getting over the lack of sleep. So there you go. Now, just to clarify, you weren't like looking at a picture of Canada and then like went. No, geographically speaking, you I were could, like throw a stone into Canada. You were in the boundary waters again. Yes. Yeah, so I was in the, the waters of the boundary. Wow, phrasing it that way makes it sound like a little more ethereal, a little more like spiritual. <laughs> the end of the world. <laughs> There's a place in Portugal called the end of the world. Fun fact, this is not relevant. Supposedly, mm-hmm. it's the place where, oh, we're, we're recording this on his day, uh, where Christopher Columbus sailed off the edge of the world to go to, you know, the, the, new, the new world. Uh, oh. But they named the launching point the end of the world. That's what it's known as now. <laughs> That's... They didn't think to, like, rename it after he found, like... No, I think it's sort of tongue-in-cheek now. I mean, they knew the, the world wasn't wasn't yeah. flat. They knew there was shit over there. People had been there. Yeah, that's true. Leif Erikson did it way before everybody else. Um, As SpongeBob but yeah. Well, the thing is, like, we could paddle into Canada, but we couldn't stay in Canada because we didn't have the right permit. So it was very tempting, but it was also, like, you can't go there. You, like, stop there for lunch, but you couldn't, like... I think one day we, like, collected firewood from Canada. And brought it back over the border? Well, the the border's a lake, dude. Did you smuggle firewood from another country? No, 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 that's not... I'm, you can do that. I know, I'm I'm editorializing. I'm trying to get... Because, like, here's the thing. Bait. You, like... I, if, if you wanted to, like, take it out of the boundary waters, that might be one thing. But, like... Because... Like, you don't want to collect firewood right by the campsite because it gets, like, so picked over and then, like... Right. There's nothing... Yeah. None of the good stuff's left. None of the good stuff's there. So the trick is to, like, take your canoe and paddle, like, you know, just a little quick little couple of paddle strokes, get you down the lake a little bit, and then hop off and collect some firewood from that area and then put it in your boat and then canoe back to... And you can collect more than enough firewood in, like, 30 minutes. Right. Or just, like, bundling all up, put it in your boat, and come yeah, back. Yeah, you feel about with firewood, take, that's like, enough firewood to last... A while. Well, depending on what you're, if you're trying to like yeah. burn some witches at the stake, maybe not. But if you're just trying to cook a couple dinners, you're probably okay. It's <laughs> an odd metric. <laughs> How much firewood does it take to burn somebody at the stake? Uh, which almost happened. Excuse me. Uh, that's another story. You're gonna so, you're gonna gloss over that. Let me send you a picture. Okay. 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 Gonna, I'm gonna do this. Um. But anyways, so that's how you collect your firewood in the Boundary Waters uh, when there's not a whole lot of uh, firewood around. Look at this picture I'm sending you right now. I've got the the chat pulled up. Also, my phone does not send pictures very well. It it takes my, it takes my poor little phone a while. So you you said but, look at this picture here as if I was going to respond to it in any meaningful time. I I, I know I, I I got the cart before the horse on that one. Um. Anyways, yeah, so my, my brain is uh, a little tired, and my body's a little tired, too. Maybe that's, like, the three-quarters of a little Caesar's pizza I just ate, but, like... I'm with you. Yeah. My body's pretty sore, too. I went for a pretty long black red. Oh, I thought I was getting your tie. Oh, there we go. Whoa, okay, okay. what? Look at that picture. <laughs> you look like you're committing some sort of crime. That smile on your face, that joy at the raging fire behind you. I'm not committing any crime. No crimes are committed on this trip. Isaac, that's a lot of fire. 
Dude, that, that is a lot of fire. It's a lot of stuff you're carrying, too. Yeah, I carry enough food for four days. And... I mean, that's that's fair. Why you? Why is there so much fire? <laughs> Just paint me the picture. So paint, paint the audience the picture. So, listeners, you know that meme of the like the little girl looking. There's a, a house on fire in the background. She's looking at camera with this horrible, like malicious grin on her face. Picture that, but it's in the woods. And instead of a little girl, you have Isaac, who I know. You know, if if you don't know us in real life, you have no idea what it looks like. Uh, so just picture, picture just like a lumberjack kind of guy. Um, Isaac also doesn't smile often. That's the thing to know about. This. That's true. Isaac's not a big like wide smiler, but in this in this photo, he's got maybe the largest smile I've ever seen him photographed with. Uh, he's got a backpack, like a hiking pack, uh, on his back, and on his front is maybe the largest bag I've ever seen anyone carry, besides Santa Claus himself. Uh, it's large and green, and he's got a hat on his head, which is not strictly relevant. Uh, I don't know why I'm going all in on like the clothing detail, just to really paint this picture. But he's he looks he looks like a little kid Christmas morning, and behind him are two separate, which is the part that's really kind of blowing my mind. Two separate bonfires in the woods that, just based on the perspective, are probably taller than he is. Is that correct? Oh yeah, the wood is probably taller than me. Uh, the flames are like twice as tall as me. Burning into the sky, it is a very bright, but not especially hot fire, just based on the color of the flame. A lot of a lot of orange and yellow, which as we know... There's some more pictures coming your way to send some more flame. context here. Uh, I don't know that I want more context, but he looks like he looks like he's set these fires, which I'm sure he has, uh, or, no, or assisted don't, in. Don't, don't, don't do that to me. <laughs> I say set these... You lit these fires, did you not? I did not. You just found these fires? these fires? Did you assist in these fires? I, I got out of there as soon as I could. So just based on this photo, it looks like Isaac is committing is 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 like starting a forest fire and and photographing the evidence. Smokey the Bear is gonna have your ass, bud. Dude, Smokey the Bear would be thanking me. Are you doing a? Is this a controlled burn in the background? It is a controlled burn. So you you uh, just stumbled upon this. I did not start this control. I had like nothing to do with this control burn. It was already already coming along when I got there. But uh, when we show up to the boundary waters, works in a way where you have to enter at certain points. There's like certain entry points onto the water that you have to go to. And we had picked one. We had picked up our permit. Right, hit the water. Pull into the parking lot, and there's like smoke everywhere and a whole bunch of wildland firefighting trucks. And the whole boundary waters had just been shut down for a wildfire. That happened uh, like in September. Like the whole thing got shut down. They were almost going to evacuate town. It was crazy. So we're like, oh my gosh, is there like a fire going on right now? And we realized that they're doing a controlled burn because they get the brush into those piles and then burn those piles. And then like it's more controlled in a way. If they need to, they can right. just like put out a pile or whatever and like get the, the extra fuel off the forest floor. So they're doing a controlled burn, but we're like, mm, can we still, like, launch from here? Or are they going to, like, shut down this launch, this, like, entry point? Because they're literally, you know, six-foot-tall bombs. Yeah, it looks like Mordor in these photos. I've received the every, others. Every ten feet. Like, insane. You got this wonderfully artsy photo of your canoe and your gear, and then the background <laughs> just hell itself. Yeah. And so we asked one of these firefighters, we're like, um, can we be here right now? And she looked at us like, uh, yeah, why not? Why would you not be here right now? 
And we're like, but they're like, <laughs> you like fire all around us. She's like, yeah, you can launch from here. Whatever. You go into the water. You're like, fine. Like she had, I'm sure she had much more important things to think about than a like, couple the of giant fires yeah. going on than like two dudes that like to go canoeing, like talking to her. Like, yeah, do what you want to do, whatever. Um, I'm so admiring... as we were hiking, sorry, like, continue. Like the, the little like you know maybe 300 feet down to the the water source to or down to the lake from our cars parked, there was like those bonfires lining the sides of the the trail down there and like on the other side of the parking lot there were setting fires it was just like fire everywhere and like sparks were landing on us and it was super smoky and we're like let's let's just get on the water and get out of here man it was crazy i don't think i've ever shared i have a fire story which is a, a, a wildfire story no a small fire story i i'm sure i've told you this this was a, a significant scary thing in my life have I told you a story when I almost not almost but when I very well could have suffocated in a in a like RV camper because of a fire? Have I told you this story? Really? No, I don't know this one. Really? I don't. I, maybe you told me a long time ago. It was a long time ago. It was in early high school, maybe like junior year, summer before junior year. So we were. I was gonna go camping with some friends out. He had a patch of woods in his backyard. We were gonna go camping, but it was like pouring rain, and we were not. As tough as you are, Isaac. We we decided we were not going to sleep out there in the pouring rain. Tents and all. We Although I don't think we had tents. I think we were going to build shelters and sleep in those, and they were not ready by the time the rain showed up. So he had, a, like, a camper in his driveway, so we went and camped in there. And it was cold. It was, it was drafty in there, so we shut all the windows and, like, vents and stuff. And mm-hmm. all settled down. Someone brought a GameCube that we hooked up to a TV in there. Uh, so we abandoned the camping idea very quickly. Um... And we all went our separate ways. There was like a master bed. I say master bedroom. It's a camper. There was a bedroom with a large bed that the owner of, or the guy whose house it was went and slept on. There was like a table and a couch that turned into a bed. A couple of people slept on that. And I slept in like another room on the bottom bunk of a bunk kind of thing. And a little bit later, I wake in with a little tickle in my throat. Uh, I try to clear my throat a few times, but it's not, nothing's, it's still, I feel very like, choky but i'm so sleepy i'm so tired so i just sort of roll over to go back to sleep and then i hear someone start like cough coughing fit like it sounds horrible out there and then i hear shit 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 get out get out get out get out get out and i'm still like sleepy but that sounds bad so i open up the door and i'm greeted with just just like room full of black smoke filling it there's a little fire burning in the corner like a tiny fire but Clearly has been burning for a while because it has filled the room. Uh, and everyone's gone. No one else is inside at this point except me. Because I was in like in a room on the other side of the camper and everyone was sort of flight or flight and forgot about me. Uh, so flight or flight kicked in for me too, as you know, it would in that situation. I turned around and take a deep breath of fresh air, but it was there was no fresh air left. And I took on all that smoke. It was hacking and coughing. And like the smoke was in my eyes. I was blind and I stumbled out across this gravel driveway eventually didn't even feel the gravel stabbing my feet because it was just like I had to get out of there. I had to get out of there. And what we figured out eventually uh, was that someone had fallen. We'd lit, we'd lit a mosquito candle in the mm-hmm. in the camper because there were some bugs in there. But didn't open up any of the vents or the windows or anything despite the fact that we had an open flame. Uh, and someone had fallen asleep reading next to that candle and the book had caught on fire. 
Whoa. And it had like burned and then burned through the cushion on the uh on the couch so all these like plastics and stuff were being thrown in the air so it was like a gross dirty smoke yeah uh and none of it like we were all the smoke was making us all sleepy like we were bees or something so we were all going to sleep through it luckily someone had had one of those winter colds that makes your chest all weak i want to say pneumonia but it definitely wasn't pneumonia uh dang man and woke himself up by coughing it got us all out of there but like that was fucking scary i wonder if Carbon monoxide also had a had a thing to do with it too, right? Because if the fire is taking up all the oxygen, the oh, it must have, hundred percent. In the thing, then there's like, yeah, then then you'll feel sleepy for sure. Because when I woke up, I mean, there was smoke in my throat. That's why I had the tickle there. But I was like, I didn't panic until I saw the smoke in the fire. Dang. But that was like, I mean, we could have died if if we hadn't woken up. We would have died in there probably. Yeah. And what was cool is I wasn't I was in a fight with my girlfriend at that point, so I called her and was like, "Guess what just happened?" And then we weren't in a fight anymore because she was scared. <laughs> Yeah, when you pull so, that card out, that's uh, yeah. Okay, but that's my fire story. How did I not hear about this? I don't know. This was I told everyone this. This was like my "woe is me, I almost died" story. How did I not know about this in junior year of high school? I mean, shortly after some other things happened in junior year of high school that maybe took over what I was talking about a little bit. There was also like some like weird schism stuff going on. Just like that, I don't know. There's there's a time in high school when we weren't like the best of friends it was around then yeah where everything started to splinter schisms may be a dramatic word for what happened i'd say splintering is a little more accurate i I think it's just like the usual high school bullshit of like oh well this person likes this person and i don't like that's really what it was wasn't it with all those situations was it was all it was girls we let these girls like take over here's here's the thing though i don't want to blame the girls. I'm not blaming the girls. I'm blaming us for how we entered into these relationships with the girls. Yes. Yes. If the girls sure. are not at while well, the girls are not at fault for this issue, obviously no one is perfect. <laughs> okay. Uh, except us. Because we have a podcast. Except I'm going to disprove that point just now. Uh, but the way we we like changed our like social patterns to match with these girls, so to splinter well, things. I don't even know yeah. if that's the right way to phrase it, but. Uh, you know. It, I think just some amount of it is just growing up, mm-hmm. like just learning how to be a human being yeah. and how to have healthy relationships. You got to crack a few eggs, I, you know, and, and I say that in like the most privileged and like, like douchey way, I feel like, but uh, you know, you, but you're right. Absolutely right. Yeah. No one intrinsically knows how to do that stuff from day one. Not to say that we couldn't have done, we definitely could have done a better job, oh, but for sure. Uh, 100%. Story for another day, I guess. Maybe not, actually. There's some I, stories I really that we can leave untold. <laughs> uh, yeah. So some good fire stories. Weird that I never heard about that. Glad I could tell you now. It was terrifying. Yeah. We, uh, in the wow. ultimate show of masculinity, speaking of toxic masculinity, uh, we, we went and we found the burning piece of paper and we brought it out and we took turns peeing on it to assert dominance. So the whole thing didn't just like go up. It was, I say a book, someone had written, like, typed out a book they were writing and had handwritten paper, like, not handwritten, but, like, computer sheets of paper. So there was, like, a little... So, like, the whole RV just didn't catch fire? No, it was just the specific spot that was burning, like, through the cushion. So it was burning down instead of out, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Wild. So it was tossing up stuff into the air. So it could have been way worse. I mean, the the smoke and carbon monoxide was pretty bad. Oh, yeah. the fire itself could have been way worse. 
Yeah, we all peed on it at the end. That was... Uh... I just remember standing in, in the driveway, like gravel stabbing our feet, and we were all passing around this wet washcloth we were breathing through to filter out the toxins. That was what we decided was the right thing to do. I've never really had a fire get out of control on me. I've, I've definitely burned some things I shouldn't have by accident, but I've never had like a fire be like, oh, crap. What? Well, you're Damn. responsible about it. We weren't in that instance. Well, Smokey Bear would yeah, have come like for us and should like, have come for us. Like at any point, you know, you light a candle in the kitchen and it, you know, falls over and accidentally catches the washcloth on fire. Like, that's one thing. But I've never like had a campfire or like been work, working. Well, no, I did work with a camp stove that did almost blow my hand up once. But you've got two. Uh, you, don't need, you don't need both hands. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I told that story on the podcast. I'm sure you probably. And if not, we'll still go um, back around to it at some point. Yeah, it'll get recycled. Um, but I've never had like a fire get get out of hand. I was like, whoa. You know what I mean? No, because I, I did get have a fire that got out of hand and almost died. Yeah. Yeah. And a mosquito candle, too. So you can imagine how bad the smoke smelled. Yeah, that's kind of gross. Controlled burn seems like a more exciting fire. It was cool to be like, wow, that's somebody else's job. <laughs> and, like, they're going to do that and keep keep it safe and, like, know how to do it all right. Uh, I don't, but it's cool to look at right now, you know? like. Was it hot, like, when you were walking down? Yeah, dude, it was I'm sweating, man. There was, like, at least ten of those six-foot-tall bonfires going on. See, the other like, photos did provide more context. That initial photo does look like you're you're burning down the forest. Like, you've been near those, those like, yeah. like a big bonfire. Oh, before. you feel them. You feel them from so far away. So I imagine. From so far away. And there's 10 of them all around you. At least you're going out into the water. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Um, it was a pretty rough trip, though. I mean, like, we covered 60 miles in Shit. five days or four days or something. Yeah. Well, f- five days, yeah. And got out to some pretty cool lakes and saw some pretty old, like, homestead things that used to like where people used to live in the boundary waters which was cool before like the boundary waters were a thing saw some cool cliffs that was sweet no crazy animal encounters this time which is good that's good always a plus uh but yeah cool stuff slept out under the stars mostly nights. hell yeah i i don't don't think i've slept outside in like two years and it bums me out uh I, I, I understand you do it for, for a living. <laughs> it's like, uh, tonight actually, no, well, last night and tonight are the first nights in October that I have slept in my own bed. Shit. And now I'm going to go not sleep in my own bed right. for eight days. So you're, you're being home percentage of, of October's not high right now. Yeah, like, why did I pay rent this month? <laughs> you should call your landlord and explain. Uh, I'm sure they would totally understand. Um, As for a discount, no, that always yeah. goes over well. Which is great. I mean, I, I really enjoy it, and it's it's living fast and dying young, but it's, you know, it's a lot of work, but it's really cool to, to be able to do that. I'll get out there at some point. Yeah, dude, you should come and visit. I visited you. You, you got a car, though. So? I don't. Yeah. How far away is the nearest airport from where you live? How far am I making you drive? Madison's like two hours. 
Great, a four-hour round trip just to pick But up. I need an excuse to go down to Madison anyways to go to the paddle shop again. Okay, well, then maybe I will have to head down. I've never been to Wisconsin. I feel like uh, there's there's other towns that are probably closer. It's kind of that whole thing of, like, bigger airports are cheaper. Right. And, like, smaller airports are more expensive, and you might as well drive it anyways kind of deal. So, yeah, Madison would probably be the one. I'll see what I can do. Probably won't be in this calendar year, but. Why not? Because I got to work. You just come to work with the CIA. (laughs) Just give me a badge. Give me, I'll be there. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, I don't think I would do well in that environment. I don't think so, too. I think having to uh, do the, do the undercover stuff. Yeah be hard i don't know i get i get adventures straight but uh i I think they'd know they'd spot the theater kid from a mile away i like to no i'm not i was gonna say i like to think i've repressed a lot of the theater kid but i think you meet me and it's very obvious that i was a theater kid yeah very true but if you didn't know i was a theater kid i didn't know it yeah if you didn't know just looking Uh... at me I say as I gesture wildly to the back row yeah, of the I auditorium. I think so. Yeah, I, I don't probably. Know. Who knows? I carry myself with that, that theater kid unearned confidence. Did I have something else on? Did, did I send you something on my list? Or did I say I don't have a list this week? Let's see. You said canoe trip. It was gnarly. Yeah, I'm down. I have a few things to talk about. Just got back from the canoe trip. That that's all I put. <laughs> I don't know what my few things were. The fire was definitely one of them. How could it not be? It was massive. I know, dude. It was it was wild. Uh, well, maybe maybe I'll hit my second thing then. What do you think? Go for it. So yesterday, I uh, as as you know, I wrote a book. I don't know if yes. if you've heard. Actually, Isaac's one of the very few owners of a autographed copy of uh, the Stolen Stone. Oh yeah, it's worth a lot of money. It's actually worth the exact price uh, of the re- the other books, but that's not true. You could sell like signed copies from who's gonna book. who's gonna buy an Ethan McAtee signed book? I think just the just, just the notion the that an author signed signed it? by the author is like how much more would you charge if you if you were selling a signed book? I don't know. I know you five extra bucks. How much am I worth to you, Isaac? <laughs> not a game to play. <laughs> I did play a game the other day of uh, of like deal or no deal or like what is a deal breaker for you but they were like very ridiculous ones in like relationships like what's a deal breaker and uh somebody drew the line in civil disobedience (laughs) and that that was somebody that i had like couldn't find the thing that they were like passionate about and this person is very passionate about not like not participating in civil disobedience it's a weird thing to be passionate about well i He's got some opinions about it, but I didn't know that until we played that game. It was very interesting. Anyways. That is interesting. Yeah. Now, before you clarified, I was going to ask if, if the civil disobedience they were drawing the line at was, like, the act of being, like, civilly disobedient or if, like, they owned a copy of Henry David Thoreau's Civil Disobedience and that was the line where it was drawn. Henry David Thoreau was... Full of shit. Oh, absolutely. He, he got bailed out of jail the next night. You need to... Edward Abbey real blowing up some dams and putting sugar in some gas tanks, like... That's that's real civil disobedient stuff. Um, granted, he was inspired by Thoreau, but still, um, that's some some monkey wrench dang stuff. Anyways, uh, I think it was both participating in and 
significant other participating in was like deal breakers. Hmm. Everyone's so, got their thing, I guess. Yeah, but anyways, I, I you could you could sell a signed copy for more. I wouldn't say much more. I'm gonna keep dodging the question. Uh, <laughs> Bo Miles just put out a new video. I saw. I haven't watched it yet, but it, it keeps popping up. It's a good title. Uh, the, the title's like signing uh, something thousand copies right. of my book after sleeping in the dirt or something along yeah. those lines. And I think that's a great title. So he goes to the publisher, to like the print house, to go sign all these copies. And it's like a, a long ways from from where he lived. So he bikes over there, sleeps in the publisher's like backyard, <laughs> and then like goes into the warehouse and like signs all the copies and then bikes home (laughs) gotta find that adventure somehow classic style but uh yeah signs them all there in like one fast go and uh, that that seems pretty exhausting i don't know if i'd want to i feel like my signature would would start out very defined and by the end by like the thousandth book it would just be a squiggle you don't think it would get more defined you don't think it would get maybe like, at more... first, maybe there, it would like progress forward for a while. But when my hand got tired enough, there'd be a definite like downward curve of yeah. legibility. Uh, that's probably true. I did. I don't have it near me, but I did fill a page in a notebook somewhere just practicing my autograph because I didn't want. Oh wow! Because when you see when you see a signed copy of something, you don't see like the very clearly done cursive letters. It's, there's a style in there. So I was yeah. trying to like figure out what my style is, and it is it is sort of a combination of scribbles and actual letters that sort of well, Bo was putting suggest like words. smiley faces and see that's pictures of canoes. I respect and, like, that. All sorts I of weird stuff. I don't think he did that every single time. But, but when like, he, when the like, mood struck him, yeah, I don't know what my thing would be. If Kurt Vonnegut draws like a face, or Drew, he's dead, but he, his his autograph was like a face. It was a face? Yeah, he he'd like make a face out of the letters. Google Kirk Vonnegut autograph. I'll post it on our Twitter feed, too, when this episode goes out. It's wild. This man would do this every time. Uh, high school... What? Kurt. There we go. He's a sir. Sir Kurt Vonnegut. Wait. No, never mind. Different Kurt Vonnegut. Oh, we're looking at his autograph. No, yeah. is that... Doesn't look like a face. What are you talking about? Are you kidding me? There's a nose, mustache, eyeball. What are you talking? It's a profile. It's a side profile. Maybe that's just his signature. Where's his autograph? Signature is an autograph. Not really. There's a difference. I mean, we don't. We don't. There is a difference. Also, why is my why is my default search thing Yahoo now? I didn't know Yahoo still had a search feature. I thought they had... Nobody wants that. No, nobody even wants Yahoo Answers anymore. They killed that. Uh, what's the difference between an autograph and a signature? I feel like a signature is more like an official thing. Like it is your... You are identifying that you have approved or, or looked over something, whereas an autograph is sort of a showmanship kind of thing. I still don't see the... Oh, there's there we go. It's a side profile. Okay, I see what you're talking mustachioed about. Mustachioed man. But that's like, it's like only one copy. I don't know, maybe a couple copies. All right, fair enough. That's kind, of, that's kind of cool. Anywho, that's not nearly. I mean, you you've got a signed copy of the Stolen Stone. You've seen how I sign things. It's really not that fancy. Yeah, but like, that I feel like you would sign it differently for a friend than you would a, a like 
you know, official signed copy. I mean, I don't know. I've never done an official signed copy. Let's see if I can crack a deal with Amazon. But anyway, so I wrote I wrote that book earlier this year, and I don't know if you've I know you read part of it. I don't know if you finished it, but it does end on a uh, a cliff. I say cliffhanger. It ends at the beginning of a new story, which is <laughs> what all the best endings do. Have you have you read the whole book by any chance? Uh, no. Wow. It, here's the thing. I don't, I, I don't care. It, I don't care. I don't care. I don't want to take it to work and it get ruined. No, it, I. You'll finish it someday. I, I got a, I got a stack of books like this tall on my. On and my mine's two hundred fifty pages long. It's. I'm, it, I'm trying to get through. You've no, already it's, it's you've already read three that. chapters of it. At least, yeah. Anyway. As as all of the best endings do, it ends with a, a new story beginning. That's that's maybe we can get into that sometime later. But I think all the best endings are are new beginnings, and and I can dictate that at a later date or a later yes. recording. But it ends introducing a new story because it's a trilogy. Although initially it was not the plan, but then I liked writing so much that that was the plan. Um, mm-hmm. And for the past since it came out, really past five months now I've been uh, just sort of jotting down ideas and plots and stuff for what book two is going to be. Uh, mm-hmm. And I have a fairly concrete idea of what the beginning and end of book two are. I really, I, I have ideas of scenes that will happen in the middle. I don't know the structure. I don't know the shape yet. I just know sort of the general vibe. Uh, but I wrote the full first scene of book two yesterday. It's a, the first draft of it. But what? in one sitting, six pages, 1300 words, just pounded this out. Uh, in good. one go and that that feels really good to have like a concrete start and to be able to like now now there's something it's no longer it's no longer new right like it's no longer i'm starting a new book it's i'm continuing a project which is easier yeah it's always easier to continue uh that being said sequels are really hard to write why do you think so because when you're writing just the first part of a story or just a story that is unconnected to anything there's no like expectations that you need that you need to keep in mind. There's no characters you have to keep consistent. There's no mm-hmm. like plot threads that you have to continue or or tie off. But with a sequel, you know you've got characters that exist and act a certain way and and feel a certain way, and you have to make sure that they continue to do that. So you have to like keep another story in mind as you're writing that story and this story started out as a prequel so i had to keep the future in mind as i wrote the stolen stone because it's a prequel to writer's legacy my first film so already i was writing this connected but now this second book is both a sequel and a prequel sequel to stolen stone prequel to writer's legacy and sort of i've got both ends of the timeline encroaching in i don't know it's it's just a different beast yeah it's hard to fill in those gaps it's kind of exciting but it is hard because that's a lot of what it is, is filling in gaps. That's why, that's not why I wrote The Stolen Stone, but like things happen in it that explain things that are happening in Rider's Legacy. Mm-hmm. And with the rest of this trilogy, I'm sort of fleshing that out more and showing, and really altering Rider's Legacy completely. The, the film Rider's Legacy is no longer what I consider the true story of Rider's Legacy. So that's to me the third book in this trilogy is a reimagined Rider's Legacy, which is kind of cool. Well, there you go, man. Um, I thought you said you weren't going to do that. But now you're like, I, I kind of want to do that. I like writing. There you go, dude. As much as like dreaded doing, like sitting down to write, the process of like of writing is awesome. 
Yeah. And consistently doing it. Because I used to come home from work every day and write. That is pretty sweet. When I was doing book one. And it sucked some days because I was tired and the last thing I wanted to do was write. But creating is cool. Creating feels good. Totally, man. So if I can keep creating with a, a you know world that I have been sort of wading through for a decade now, Felden, which is where the books take place, I have been writing stories in, in that world for a decade. So it's like hmm. familiar in a way. But it's, it's, it's definitely a different beast. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenge. Yeah. Those are the only two things I had. Have you thought of anything? So recently, I don't know when this episode is going to come out. So I, I think I'm okay talking about it. Uh, recently, I had an interview. And I'm wondering, I think we did this a while back when I... We did. A first interview. But when was your last job interview experience? Like a real job Probably interview? more recently than mine. No, yeah. not more recently. What? My last job interview was, it was spring 2018. No, uh, what? Yeah. Didn't you have to interview for the jobs you have now? No. Yeah, fair enough. They were desperate and they knew I had experience working with kids and the Y. Um, so. They asked, like, what was your biggest success and struggle from high school? Hmm. Like, that was so long ago. I didn't think that mattered anymore. I definitely would lie about the biggest uh, struggle and say, like, the second biggest well, struggle. they don't need to know, like... I know, that's what I'm saying. I'm not going to be like, well, I... Relationship history. I'm not going to go into my relationship history with, with Timmy Interviewer from the Cookie Co-op. The Cookie Co-op. Oh, yeah, that was our fake... Uh... Yeah, that was mine. <laughs> um... You sound so wistful about it. <laughs> It was a good episode, yeah. man. It was good. It was almost. I liked it. It was. That was our twenty seventh episode. This is episode fifty three. Yeah, dude, isn't that wild? That's wild. I'm cracking it out. Our next episode, when we record it, officially half of our episodes, as of our next episode, will have been recorded in the pandemic. We need like a, a birthday for the podcast. I could probably find the exact date. I think we say it in the episode. Yeah. It was January eighth. I want to say that's just the date that comes to mind. Was it though? It was in January. Maybe I don't the think sixth. So. No, it was because it was when we were home for winter break. Yeah, but it was like a warm day. No, it was winter, bud. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it was a. It warm was the day. go back and listen to our new, our first episode. It was it was in the new year, 2018. I remember we were like doing them on your back porch. No, that was that was that was episode seven and eight. Still in that same break though. Or no, no was that was that, like that was summer. Spring break. That was post that backpacking trip we took, but before I left for camp. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's what this podcast is good at, is, like, keeping that time. Yeah. You know? Maybe we don't, like, necessarily talk about everything that's happening in our lives, but, like, you go back and be like, oh, right. That is one You can pinpoint it, yeah. Which is useful. Except there are, like, two whole semesters that we skipped doing episodes in because you were in the woods for them. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. Or not but, the woods, but on, on expeditions. Obviously, the, de the desert's a little different from a forest, but... It's a forest in its own way. That depends on your definition of forest, but I'll, I'll allow it. Fair. You gotta, you gotta see the forest through the trees sometimes. Through the cacti sometimes. A cactus is not a tree. They're not even in the same family. Well, it's raining out, so I think <laughs> that means it's time to be raining inside. Um, you, by that, you do mean a shower. You don't mean, like, we have a leaky ceiling? 
I might. I don't know. That's not good, Isaac. Uh, I should close my windows tomorrow. Um... Let's see. Alright, normally you're not doing it for this long. A lot of duds this week. Yeah, a couple couple duds at the beginning. We getting these from, from our Twitter shower or our Reddit this is shower? From Reddit. A dirty shower. shower. A much more dangerous shower. Everybody in the same shower. <laughs> this is one of those YMCA locker room showers. Dude, do you ever. You know how our high school bathroom. I was had just thinking about that. High school yeah. locker room had showers. What a wild. It was one big. I never used those. I remember we. class. We uh, did pool. Like a, I say pool. We did, we did a, a unit in the pool. And there was some yeah. one day where we were just doing boating, and I didn't get wet at all because we were just in boats, and I know how to you know mm-hmm. paddle a boat. So I got out of the boat and went into the locker room, completely dry. But because I was so used to getting out of the pool and like rinsing off in the shower, I completely dry went and turned on the the shower, and then had to change. It sucked. Yeah. Anyway, take us uh, into this this communal okay, Reddit okay. shower. We're, we're diving into the shower here, head first. That's usually the most dangerous way to get into the shower, uh, but... Um, there must be a height in which you could launch a potato to which it bakes through atmospheric friction. What do you think? I disagree. I don't think a potato has the mass to make the re-entry. Right, but that... that... You'd That's have to have speed, goes. too. You'd have to have speed. Yeah, speed and friction. But, like... Because if you just, I think if you just drop a potato any height, it's not going to cook. Not fully. If you launch it fast enough. Launching launching is different. But I think if you're just reaching out of your, your Elon Musk spaceship and dropping it, it's not going to go. It's not going to cook. Because either it's not going to get... It's not going to enter the atmosphere because it's going to... Well, I guess it would have to. I don't know. I, I think there is a sweet spot. But I think if you go too high, you're obliterating it. And if you go too low, or if you go too high, it's just not going to enter. It's going to maintain an orbit. What do you think? It'll just exit. Yeah. I, I I think it could cook, but it doesn't mean you're going to get it back. And and it didn't say anything about getting it back. Well, you know, NASA does pretty, and, and space agencies around the world do pretty complex calculations to determine whether astronauts are going to land when they come back. Maybe you do that with your potato. You say, hey, uh, yeah. little Jeff, I need, I need to borrow your uh, your computer and you calculate potato velocity and trajectory. See, they're sending William Shatner to space also, just as an aside. Are they really? Yeah, on, on uh, Jeff Bezos' space agency. The man's close to 90 and they're sending him to space. Kind of cool, I guess, though, Captain Kirk. Uh, there are very few emergency situations which require the use of of an emergency stop button in an elevator. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, huh. The main emergency I can think of in an elevator is it is crashing and you need to stop it. But I don't think that's going to... I don't think the button's going to work at that point. Emergency stop, it, like, breaks it. It's like... I say break... Like, not breaks, like, demolishes. Like, breaks, like... Like, it's a... It's like an emergency brake. You pull it. It's like a manual stop rather than the automatic one. I don't know how it works. I'm not an elevator scientist. Although, my knowledge... This is a bad joke. Can I say it? 
Go ahead. I say bad, it's just not funny. My knowledge about elevators goes up sometimes, goes down sometimes. <laughs> uh, pressing random keys on the piano. The chance of creating the most beautiful piece of music ever heard is very slim, but never zero. You gotta define beauty first. Mm. Before you're saying what the most beautiful piece of music ever composed is, you gotta define what makes music beautiful. Is... I don't know why okay. my go-to with these shower thoughts, and it has been for a while, is to, like, refute them <laughs> immediately. Here's one that, uh... Um... You, you'll have to... Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Is his first name Heinz? Yeah. Heinz Doofenshmirtz? Heinz Doofenshmirtz, parried the platypus? Is an anti-villain. Yeah. That's all said. A hundred percent. He's like... The, he's He's a good guy. No, he's not. A hundred percent is a good guy. What are you talking about? He... All his plots are not to, like, hurt people. They're to make himself feel better. Because he had a horrible childhood. And this is the backstory for many villains. But, like, everything he actually does helps people in the end. And most of his motivation when it's not take over the tri-state area is, I'm gonna make my daughter's day. I'm gonna help my daughter with this because people are being mean to her at school and I'm gonna fix that. Hmm. And he becomes a good guy in the end of the show. Spoilers. It ended, like, ten years ago. No, it can't have been that long. It came out ten years ago. Anyway, but yeah, he, he joins... The, he joins Perry the Platypus's agency in the end. Because he realizes he's not a villain. He's just a, like a genius who was never appreciated and who never had the opportunity to like do good. So he, evil's easy, right? Doing bad stuff is easy. So he did that. But it's not where his heart was. Here's the shower thought that I thought of myself the other day. And see, sure our last episode had, a, had an Ethan shower thought. Now we're getting an Isaac shower thought. Everybody gets the chance to be the youngest person in the world. But not everybody gets the chance to be the oldest person in the world. Shit. One person did. Well, a, a couple people will. Eventually. No, but like at the very beginning of Humankind, there was one... One person, right? Well, there would have had to be. probably died before somebody else did. Well, yeah. But if you were the only so. person alive... That's hard to that's hard to put a pin on though because like the Neanderthals count, the like proto sapiens count. There still had to be the first one at some point. Not really. Evolution's so vague. It's like that's true. It's not like two Neanderthals create a Homo sapien. That's not how that works. And that's also not historically right? true. They were different anyway. There were different tracks like, of evolution. Neanderthals died out. Obviously, am I the first, first person with like? Uh, attached earlobes, like, like, you know what I mean? It, evolution's just like so slow that it doesn't, doesn't mean that way. It's but a good shower thought, though. A chance to be the youngest person, but only for like a split second. For a split second, yeah. Yeah, you're the youngest person in the world. Because even if you're a twin, you, one of you is still born first. Yeah. Huh. There you go. Damn. I'm gonna end on that one. Yeah, you wanna wanna take a stab at our home our housekeeping today? Don't stab our housekeeper. Uh, she does wonderful work. I, I love I love when you ask me to do it. <laughs> um, our email is at no condiments at gmail.com. Hey, first try. 
Our Twitter is Shower Thoughts. On Twitter? No, There's like it's, six uh, of those. you got to be more specific. It's uh, Ketchup Cast. Spelled with a K. No, spelled with a C. No, you were right the first oh. time. Wait, really? Yeah, we're spelled with a condiment. Ketchup Cast. O- okay, why? Because the Ketchup Cast spelled like our podcast had their account suspended at some point, and I can't get it back. I never made the account. It's someone else had the account Ketchup Cast and got it suspended. That's awkward. Yeah. Um, you can so find us that. on Reddit at r slash Little Caesars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, uh, yeah. You can. We have a new Hulu show called Little Fires Everywhere. What are you talking That's about? That's a Hulu show. It's... it's uh, Reese Witherspoon's oh, in it. Oh, okay. Like I was, bringing it back to the fire. Yeah, thing. I was trying to think of any other relevant like jokes we could make. I haven't seen the show, but I do know that the main character is an alumni of Denison University in in the yeah. fiction. Reese Witherspoon isn't, uh, but oh. she does wear a Denison sweatshirt in one episode, and I saw a lot of pictures of that specific scene all over the internet when it happened. Uh, yeah, buy my book. We talked about it a bunch in this episode. If you want to finish it before Isaac does, uh, you can. Buy it the link in the description. If you want me to autograph it, uh, send it. Well, set up a PO box or like a, a fake address, and you can mail it there, so you don't know where I live. Um, and I'll mail it back. But I'll, I guess I'll know where you live unless you also set up a fake. Anyway, thank you for listening. <laughs> Episode fifty-three. Uh, I got nothing else to add. Do you? That's it. No. Have, We're out. Have a, as to quote a dear friend of ours, have a nice day. Yeah.